You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network, sponsored by Pro Prep. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and on this edition of the show, I'm going to be discussing five players I'd happily see be given the captaincy ahead of Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Now, this is in light of the latest disciplinary issues with regards to our captain, a player that... I think there have been a lot of question marks around his suitability to the role of captain over the years anyway. Um, There were eyebrows raised at the time he was given the armband. And look, I know the the role of a captain is not the same as it once was. And I think a lot of us can kind of get caught up in the romance of it all. I mean, when I think of captains, I think of Patrick Vieira and I think of Tony Adams. And they were two guys who were incredible players. incredible captains for this football club and two guys who were, you know, so instrumental in the success that we had during that, those, those periods of time. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those situations now where I accept that the role has changed. I accept that there are different criteria nowadays for a captain than there is, or or than there was in years gone by. However, I still don't feel like Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang was the right choice in the first place. And after this latest kind of misdemeanor, I think it's definitely time that he's stripped of it. I think that, you know, people make mistakes and I I kind of reiterated my stance or or made my stance clear on the last episode. So I don't really want to go over the same ground again. But for those of you who haven't seen the last episode, to to kind of sum it up in a nutshell, I don't like what Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is doing. I don't like the fact that this is third, maybe fourth time that he's had this kind of issue. I think he's let his teammates down. I think he's let his manager down. I think he's let the fans down. And I think clearly for someone to show such a lack of respect to his manager, to his fellow teammates, to the fans of this great football club, clearly he doesn't understand what it means to be Arsenal captain, or at least doesn't value the fact that he is the Arsenal captain. And for me, you strip him of it. That's my my opinion, you know. And if you want to know a little bit more about why, check out the previous episode. I don't want to repeat myself to annoy the people that have seen the last one. Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to kind of talk about the options, talk about people who could potentially take on that mantle, people who I'd be happy to see um, take on that position and that responsibility at the football club. And it's not easy you know, I think there are a few options, but I think if you look through each of the options that I'm going to talk about on this episode, there are reasons why you should give it to them and there are reasons why you probably shouldn't for each of them. So I don't think it's as easy as just going, yep, this person definitely needs to be our captain and therefore we should be stripping Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang of it tomorrow and, and making that change. I also think that up until now, although I've never really felt that Aubameyang was captain material I would have been against stripping him of it because of the repercussions of that, because of the fact it could impact his performances. It could impact his relationship with his manager, with the rest of the team. But I think when you read stories like the ones we've read over the last few days about Aubameyang, you start to think that, well, he's not performing anyway. 
he his he clearly has no respect for his teammates anyway clearly doesn't take his job his role seriously enough anyway so you know what's stopping you taking it off him now and, and i'm genuinely starting to feel like that and look throughout Mikel arteta's tenure there's been question marks around his man management skills and there have been certain instances where fans have got on his back and said you know you were wrong to do this or you were wrong to do that and you were wrong to allow this player to leave or you were wrong in the way you handled this and and i i completely agree that there have been incidents and um and situations in which he could have reacted better but when it comes to Aubameyang, a senior player your club captain i have literally no issue with the manager doing this because as i say already it's First of all, it's who he is. He should know better. You know, if you're talking about an 18, 19-year-old, 20, 21-year-old, 22-year-old going out and and crossing the line or, you know, maybe being a, a bit blasé about something and as a consequence breaking one of the rules, then you go, well, look, he's immature. He's a kid. He'll learn from it. And you give him a slap on the wrist and you move on. But when it's your captain and it's happened on multiple occasions, I think that you've got to... Um, you've got to take action look sends a message as i said on the on the last episode to the rest of the players that it's not acceptable it sends a message to Aubameyang as well and i think it sends a message to the fans too because whatever people say about Mikel Arteta's management you can't doubt his commitment you can doubt Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's commitment and without commitment which is the the fundamental basis of any progress and success we're going to see at this football club you don't go anywhere so yeah, really upset with Aubameyang, really disappointed. For the record, I don't know that he is being stripped of the captaincy at the time of recording this. Um, he is still the captain. No further kind of information has, has come out or has come to light. But my opinion is that he should be stripped of the captaincy. Therefore, I'm doing this show talking about the people that I think could potentially replace him. So I guess a good place to start would be what do I think is necessary in a good or, or to have in a good captain what how would i describe the perfect captain i think they need to be an important player in the side because as much as you can be really vocal and really loud and really kind of um forceful in the way you put your opinions across or really involved you if if you can't lead by example at various points then i think you're going to have a problem convincing people to get on board with you and I think that's why a lot of people in the modern era have gone down the route of going, well, this guy's louder. This guy's more of an influence. This guy is more popular. This guy is, um, you know, incredibly sort of good at getting messages across. But I'm going to go with my better player because he's the best player. And in, an, in a day and age where there are less Patrick Vieira's around, there are less Tony Adams around, less Roy Keane's around, less Steven Gerrard's around, et cetera, et cetera. You're in a place where, as I say, the role has changed. It's slightly um, diluted, I would say, from what it once was. And I think that's why now you you do see managers pick their best players. Often you see the captaincy used as a bargaining tool. I think we've seen that at Arsenal a hell of a lot over the years, whereby we've given the captaincy to players in a desperate attempt to try and keep them at the club. We gave it to Thierry Henry. Um, you know, who, again, fantastic player, leads by example in terms of what he produces on the pitch, but wasn't captain material, in my opinion. Um, Cesc Fabregas, one of the better choices of recent years, but obviously someone who we kind of gave it to in order to try and persuade him that his future was here and to keep keep with us. 
Robin Van Persie, another one who we gave the captaincy to because he was our best player, but also because we wanted to keep him. So I think Arsenal have made choices on the wrong basis in recent years. But as of a lot of clubs, it's not an issue exclusive to Arsenal. As I keep saying, I think the the wider perception and, and viewpoint of what a captain should be has changed over the years. So they need to be an important player who can lead by example. They need to have leadership qualities. There's no doubt about that. They need to be a good go between the, the rest of the players and the manager. That's really important. You, as a manager, will look at someone um, and say, you know, you are my guy on the pitch. You are the guy that's going to get my message across. You are the guy that's going to make sure that people are carrying out my instructions on the pitch as well as doing it yourself. So I think um, that's important. You've got to be kind of like the manager's lieutenant. Um, I think you have to also understand the privileged position that you're in. I think that's really, really important. I think going back to Aubameyang, he clearly doesn't understand the privilege of the position he's in because he doesn't take it seriously enough. And the reason we know he doesn't take it seriously enough is because he's turned up late to North London derbies. He's, you know, he's broken COVID protocols to go and get tattoos done. He's um, obviously had this issue yesterday where he's gone abroad, he's been sent abroad um, or, or he's asked to go abroad for a personal trip. He's, he's been given that dispensation by the football club only to return late and take the piss. And the, the thing for me here is that you can, you know, people, I've seen people online making excuses for Aubameyang or maybe his plane was delayed or, or maybe this or maybe that. I mean, come on, if there was a genuine reason, do you honestly believe that Mikel Arteta is that much of a, uh, you know, or do you honestly believe that Mikel Arteta is so highly strung that even if there was a genuine reason, i.e. you showed him that the flight was delayed or whatever, that he would come out and out you the way that he did Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang? Do you honestly think that he would go to this level if it wasn't something that was in within the player's control? Um, you know, and and I think this is a telltale sign of of kind of stuff that Mikel has had to deal with in the background, the kind of stuff he's had to deal with in the background, not just with Aubameyang, but with players in the past as well, with Mesut Ozil, with, with various others as well, who there were big question marks around their attitude and their commitment and their desire to succeed at this football club. And I just think for me, we're we're in a place now where you know it's it's untenable for for Aubameyang. Look, is there a way back for Aubameyang into the team? Absolutely. If Pierre Emerick Aubameyang um, comes out, apologizes or apologizes at least internally to the people whom he's let down, and then uh, gets his head down, works his way back into the team, performs, and can contribute something, then fine. You know, the door. I'm not shutting the door on Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang completely. But at this point, I'm taking the captaincy away from him because it's just happened too many times. We're going to need him at some point. And as I said, I was afraid in the past of, of kind of being quite big on taking the captaincy away from him, from the repercussions it might have. But I think now at this point, when you've had warnings and you're still pushing the boundaries, when you've still you know, when you still continue to let people down, despite having been disciplined for it in the past, I think that's the next point, you know, as a manager in terms of not just implementing this new culture, but making it clear to the players that there isn't one rule for some players and one rule for everybody else. So I do think that it's really important that Mikel Arteta handles this in the right way. And I, and I think he has, you know, I think he has handled it in the right way by 
highlighting there was a problem but not going too far into it i think that was important um but yeah you know we've all read the stories we've all read the reports we all have an idea of what it is that Aubameyang did so um yeah I, I mean my opinion has not really changed since the last episode on on what should happen with regards to the captaincy but um you know the question is now who do we look at as a potential replacement if indeed that is the action that Mikel decides to take and we're going to come on to talk about five options um just before we do that uh Inter says it's fashionable to make a huge meal of the captaincy to defend the manager no one's defending the manager this is the 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 Aubameyang issue and the Mikel Arteta issue if you believe there is one are two completely different topics me saying that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is out of order out of line and should be stripped of the captaincy is not the same as me saying that Mikel Arteta is right in every single thing he does I thought he handled the William Saliba situation awfully I thought the club as a whole made a complete shit show of that but this is a different debate this is a different discussion this discussion is about Aubameyang in isolation and he is letting the club down he's letting you down he's letting me down he's letting Mikel Arteta down he's letting the thousands and hundreds of thousands and even millions of fans all across the globe down by simply not being committed enough to the club and not being committed enough to the cause and and not taking it seriously enough and that for me is the ultimate crime as a footballer I mean as a footballer, you're so privileged to be where you are and to be in a, a wonderful position. You should, um, you know, you should make the most of it. You should appreciate where you are. And, and I don't feel like he is appreciative of where he is. And I think when you, you know, when we he first signed for Arsenal, there were tons of stories, weren't there, about him being a bit of a problem player behind the scenes and about the way he left Dortmund, etc., etc. And we... Um, we sort of looked at that and when, when he first come in, we went, oh, we haven't seen any of that. He's been exemplary years, but in fact, he's been brilliant. Maybe just signs that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is not the saint that we all thought it was. I mean, it's easy to do, do the right things and show the kind of right values when the team are performing, when you're moving in the right direction. Um, but it's it's during the difficult moments where you, um, you kind of... Um, you know, you start to see someone's character and what they're really, really like. Um, Aaron Richards says, Arteta is letting the club down, unsubscribed. Good luck, mate. Goodbye. No problem. Um, but again, I go back to the point I made before. This is not about Mikel Arteta. This is about Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. If, if, what are you, are people who are backing Aubameyang here suggesting that Arteta is lying? Are people who are backing the captain here suggesting that Mikel Arteta stood in front of a camera pre the Southampton game and lied about the fact that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang had broken uh, or had, you know, had a, had breached the disciplinary protocols. Is that what we're saying? Because if you are, I'd love to know what you think the actual story is and where you've got it from, because we are not in a position to say that Mikel Arteta is lying. I have no reason to believe uh, that Mikel Arteta is lying, but... You know, people can can talk about Arteta all day and say that there are shortcomings in his management and there are things that, um, you know, we disagree with. And and I think that's fine. But at the end of the day, no player should disrespect the club in the way that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is disrespecting the club right now and has been disrespecting the club for the past year. OK, so 
nobody's going to convince me that this is on Mikel Arteta. I think there's a debate to be had around whether or not he should have aired the dirty laundry. I've been having a debate on WhatsApp with um, with Graham Brooks earlier today about it. You know, um, Graham Brooks from AFTV, you'll all know. Um, and of course, from the same old Arsenal, you'll all know uh, of Graham and, and how much I value his opinion. And, and Graham's of a different view to me. He feels that it shouldn't have been aired in public. And that's a fair opinion to have. But to say that Mikel Arteta is the problem here is is driving me mad. You know, it's it's just so far off the mark. And and also, if that was the case, why isn't Aubameyang on Instagram posting that that he isn't the um uh you know that he isn't the issue or that he didn't do this or he didn't do that? He posts about everything else. He posts every time he gets his car wrapped in a new colour. He posts every time he gets a funky new haircut. So why isn't he on there defending himself? That's that's my view. Anyway. Uh, let's move on and let's talk about the five potential players that I think could be under consideration if indeed uh, he is stripped of the captaincy. Let's start off with Kieran Tierney. Now, I know Kieran Tierney is a lot of people's favourites. And if I'm just looking at the poll that I've put in the YouTube comments live at the moment, I can see that 47% of you have voted for Kieran Tierney here. So he's a really popular choice. So let's look at the pros and the cons of Kieran Tierney. So the pros are that he clearly is quite vocal on the pitch. He leads by example in the sense of most of the time his performances are up to a very high standard. Um, when fit, he is a really important player, which kind of falls into my sort of criteria of what I want to see in a captain. I think that he's got the right attitude. I think he's somebody who is going to take instruction from the manager, probably would challenge the manager behind closed doors on various things if he felt he needed to, but also isn't going to come out on the pitch and let the club down and make the club look like a farce. Isn't going to come down with his head, isn't going to come out with his head down, looking frustrated, looking disappointed, looking disconnected. Effort is always there. And I think that kind of attitude and effort, it transmits to your teammates around you. So I do think that Kieran Tierney would be a good option. The problem with Kieran Tierney for me is the injury record. And I worry about giving that responsibility to somebody who isn't an ever-present. And I think up until now, throughout his, his Arsenal career, he's been riddled with injuries. And it's fair to say that Kieran Tierney there's no guarantee he'll be an ever-present. And I think in the past, we've given the captaincy to absent players. And then it's been the second captain and the third captain and all of that. And um, yeah, that that for me is a big concern. It's a big worry. Um, I, I think I'll come back at the end and kind of circle back and, and tell you guys who I would pick once I've gone through all the different options and get your kind of um, thoughts in the chat box as well. But I think with Kieran Tierney, there are a lot more pros than cons, but the con is a big one for me. The fact that he could be absent for, you know, a lot of fixtures over the course of a season, judging by his injury record at Arsenal so far, is a, is a big drawback and a big problem. But I agree with a lot of you that there are a lot of positives uh, to Kieran Tierney and a lot of things that make him a strong candidate. My next candidate would be Alexander Lacazette. Again, incredibly popular figure behind the scenes for all the talk about him maybe not being good enough in front of goal and, and having some really poor games. The fact that he doesn't have enough shots every week, which is another thing that's been doing the rounds lately. The fact that he um, 
you know, he's not as potent in front of goal all the time as he as he probably can be or should be. I think all of that stuff is is valid about Lacazette, but you can never say that Lacazette doesn't put it in in terms of effort, in terms of his commitment. Um you know, he, he's obviously a very, very popular figure among the younger players in particular. You can see that I've seen a number of interviews. I've I've been in, in some interviews with some young players at Arsenal and they've always talked about Lacazette and how welcoming he is and how much of a role model he is behind the scenes at London Colney. So I think that Lacazette is someone who, again, fits into the, um, to the, the debate and the discussion. But Similarly to Kieran Tierney, there's one major drawback when it comes to him. And that major drawback for me with Laka is the fact that his future is up in the air, is the fact that he's not signed a new contract with Arsenal and giving the captaincy or stripping the captaincy off of someone to hand it to somebody who's also um, a, a short-term fix. It doesn't feel right for me. I think the kind of narrative around Arsenal and the the, the kind of view around Arsenal has been that we've got to be a little bit patient here because we're building, we're building with youth. We're big building with, um, you know, up and coming players. So then why would you give the captaincy to someone who, you know, is not going to be a part of this project moving forward? I think that you, you need the balance. I think you need people who are, um, you know, who are senior within the team and you need them to kind of take on a lot more responsibility, but, it doesn't always mean that their character fits into what a good captain should be. And, and I say that, for example, Thomas Partey is a senior player who we expect to be in and around the team for the next two, three seasons. Do I see him as a captain? No. Um, you know, I, I just don't see him in that regard. So it, it's not just about seniority. It's not just about age. It's not just about experience. It's about a combination of things. And I think that with Lacazette, most of those things, I would say he, he has them and he ticks most of the boxes. But the fact that his future is so up in the air, I think just breeds even more uncertainty. And it starts to raise questions about the long-term project, if you like, right? Because um, we keep banging on about it. Um, and if we, yeah, we keep banging on about it and, and it would almost be a contradiction of what it is that Mikel Arteta is, is trying to do here. Uh, just before I move in, I want to say a big thank you to Jan Erstergaard. Have I said that right? Erstergaard. Let me know. Um, thank you so much, mate, for your very, very kind donation. It is honestly so appreciated. And as I always say, you guys uh, supporting the channel allows me as a freelancer um, to, to spend more time on this, which is fantastic. So thank you. Uh, thank you for allowing me to do what, what I love doing. Um, so thank you. Um, right. So Tierney, Lacazette. We've established with Lacazette that there are a lot of boxes that he ticks, but the big problem and the big thing holding me back is um, is the, the fact that he's probably leaving in the summer. The next option I'm going to talk about, and I know this is going to piss a lot of people off, I'm going to talk about Granit Xhaka. Um, you know, I think that Granit Xhaka has responded incredibly well to having it taken off of him in the first place. Um, we know that he got it by popular vote when he did get given it. So we know that there is um, a lot of, uh, there are a lot of players within that dressing room that have an immense respect for Granit Xhaka. And, and in a lot of ways, I wish that the the wider Arsenal fan base would have the same respect that some of the players do. Um, I think that 
He is someone who's clearly trusted by Mikel Arteta. I don't know how much more um, of a kind of indication of that you can get than by throwing somebody into the team after two months out without a single trip practice match under his belt. So I think for me, he is an option. He's an ever-present when fit. He does have leadership qualities. He does perform to a consistent level. Now, there are question marks around whether that level is the level that we need moving forward. But I don't I don't go into games looking at Granit Xhaka and thinking, well, you're going to cost us here. Um, I don't. I think he has cost us in the past. And I think he will do it again at various points because of the limitations that he has. But I think on the whole, I think he is relatively consistent. And I think he's massively trusted by not just Mikel Arteta, but the managers that have gone before him as well. Um, but with Granit Xhaka... And, and I pointed out a big problem with Tierney, a big problem with Lacazette. The big problem with Granit Xhaka is that a large proportion of this fan base would never accept it. And if I were the manager of Arsenal now, I'd worry that setting him up or, or that I'd worry that picking him as captain would be setting myself up to fail and giving fans more ammunition to have against me when things don't go well. So for that reason, I think that, you know, that's the... I think if you took the uh, the past out i think a lot of people would be more open to the idea of granite shaka because i don't think i think when you watch him like for example there were people talking about him off the back of the everton game he wasn't shit at everton he ran out of gas in the second half which is natural when you haven't been playing for that long and the manager in selecting as we discussed tierney laka and him put himself in a position where if he had one injury, which we did, we got an injury to Gabriel Martinelli, we'd be in a place where we'd have to leave one of those three players on for the 90 minutes. And, and it was Xhaka. And um, and he ran out of gas. He's not a bad player. And I do think we're a, a better team with him in it. I think if you look throughout Mikel Arteta's tenure, you will see that the results have been more positive with Granite Xhaka in the side than without and um, yeah, a lot of people will, will disagree and that's absolutely fine. But you cannot tell me he's he's not in the top five candidates. If you're saying that, then I know that you're holding a grudge or a bias uh, based on what happened in the past. But, you know, that incident occurred. And, and one of the big things, because I know a lot of you are saying in the chat that, well, what's the difference between what Xhaka did and what Ober did? Well, they're very different things for me. And I'll tell you why they're very different things. What Aubameyang is doing is showing a clear disregard and disrespect toward the football club, his peers and his manager and us as fans by showing that he doesn't care. Granite Xhaka boiling over in a moment where he was getting abuse from his own fans is someone who let his emotions get the better of him. But that emotion is only there because he's passionate about what he does. And if he wasn't, then he'd just shrug his shoulders and walk off the pitch and say, you know what, screw you. I'll, I'll sit there and take my paycheck. So I think it's, um, I think it, they're, they're two very, very different issues. And I'm over the jacket thing, that, the jacket thing. I don't think he responded that day in the way he should have. But as I've said to you a million and one times on this podcast, if you've been a long time listener, I was at the, the two games, uh, one at home and one away in the lead up to that Xhaka boiling over moment. And he was getting abused even prior to that. Um, he was getting abused 
in the lead up to that game and it all caught up with him and it got him to boiling point. And, you know, people lose their heads all the time. You know, Patrick Vieira used to lose his head weekly. And that's what I don't get. What what I um, what I get frustrated about is that people point to certain traits as a flaw in some characters, but see them as a strength in others. You know, Roy Keane, how many times did he boil over um, in football matches and lose his mind, not just with fans, but with managers, his own manager? Nobody that was a no, no Manchester United fan would ever turn around and say to you that Roy Keane was too passionate or got too heated because that was part of his character. That's part of what fueled him. Um and, and I'm not saying that, that Granit Xhaka is as good as Patrick Vieira or as Roy Keane or as any of the players I'm mentioning. All I'm saying is that um, all I'm saying is that you can't say that being fiery and passionate and aggressive is a positive to some and it's a negative with others. It's a trait. And I just think that, you know, obviously the way you channel those things is important and that will determine whether you use them to good effect. But I just think that Granit Xhaka's incident with the fans was was one where the passion boiled over. Um, Roy Keane would have done the same thing. I'm sure Patrick Vieira um, wouldn't have reacted to that response that kindly. But the, the point is that those guys, Vieira, Keane, they played in a day and age where fans had respect for their players, where fans went to football grounds and only supported their team and got behind their team. And maybe they'd go to the pub after and discuss what they didn't like about the performance, who was at fault maybe for the goal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But nowadays there's this, um, you know, and I'm guilty of it too. You know, we all are. But nowadays there's this culture whereby we feel like we can disrespect people because they're footballers and we're fans. The way we consume football now is very, very different. Whether that be online, you know, whether you feel like, you know, if someone plays poorly online, you know, you'd go online and you'd start slating them in a tweet and some people even tag them in it and God knows what else. Would you go and say what you tweeted to that player's face? Nine times out of ten, you wouldn't. And that's the point I'm trying to make. Like, football's changed and this whole vitriol and uh, animosity and negativity around Arsenal that was rife even more at that point than it is today contributed to Xhaka getting that abuse and then Xhaka boiling over off the back of it. So, I think we've got to be careful of of kind of judging the landscape for what it was at that time. Um, let me just take a couple of super chats before we continue on. So, as I say, Granit Xhaka would be a candidate for me, but the whole the thing holding me back is the implications that has in terms of the fan reaction and the additional pressure that that adds on Mikel Arteta moving forward. Um, Tom Savile says, "Who's shooting at you? Just tuned in, and you were worried about people getting ammo against you." Don't like Xhaka, but appreciate your perspective. Um, no, I, I wasn't saying that people are shooting at me. I'm saying that I feel like if Xhaka was selected as the captain, even if it was the a good choice and the right choice, you would get Arsenal fans that would say, while it's going okay, would say, you know, yeah, you know, not a bad decision, makes sense. And they'd pick that, that up and they'd put it in their back pocket in the minute that Mikel Arteta loses a game, they'd be, you know, they'd be shouting from the rooftops and pulling out their kind of uh, Xhaka captain card and saying, well, you know, this is why we're losing. This is why you're not fit enough to be the manager. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm i not worried about people shooting at me. People know very clearly my my thoughts and my stance on um, 
on the Xhaka situation, but I just think it's too big a risk for Mikel Arteta to take at this point. If he was in a place where he had the complete trust of the entire fan base, I'd say do it. Um, if you think that's the right thing, do it. But I, he's not in that position. And I think to do it would be risky and taking um, and taking more pressure on his back than he necessarily needs. Uh, thank you for your super chat, though, mate. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, also, thank you to Vartan Tamizian as well for your uh, very kind donation. Thank you so much, man. He says, Keenan Vieira, winners. Granite hasn't won anything in comparison. Comparing legends and granite. I'm, I'm not, I, I said clearly, I'm not comparing the players in terms of their abilities and in terms of their qualities. All I'm saying is that we accepted that from time to time, Patrick Vieira was going to boil over because of his character. We accepted that he would go steaming into a challenge every now and again and, and take somebody out. And that would consequently lead to him being sent off. We accepted that he would uh, lose his, his rag in certain confrontations and we'd have to suffer off the back of that sometimes, you know. So the point I'm trying to make here is that a lot of what's good about these players is that fire and is that passion. And I think as fans, especially fans of that particular club, you should understand your players. You should understand what makes them tick, what makes them work. And you should understand that if they do boil over from time to time, whether that's at an opponent or at you, it's it's coming from a certain place and it's coming from a place where they gather their fuel, where they kind of, you know, I'm I'm a bit like that. You know, one of my big motivations and a lot of people um, have seen me kind of on this podcast at times get a little bit prickly with some of the kind of challenges I get. And 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 I do. And, and I get prickly when people come at me personally. Um, I get prickly when people um, shoot down my views without coming up with a counterpoint or without, um, you know, making a, a good case and a good argument as to why I might be wrong. Listen, I'm very open to listening, um, always have been. But I want you to come and tell me something I don't know. I don't want you to tell me Granite Xhaka's shit. I don't want you to tell me that Mikel Arteta's shit. I want you to tell me what you think Granite Xhaka is limited in, um, how we could potentially, from a tactical perspective, stop that being exposed. I want you to tell me what it is that Mikel Arteta needs to do better. I want to have constructive talks and discussions about things rather than just going, this player is shit, this player is shit, this player is that. And, and that's where I get a bit prickly. But a lot, as I say, when then Arsenal go out and win and something that I've said to be patient about has come to fruition... Th that makes me feel good, you know, that I was, it makes me feel good that I was able to see that. And it makes me feel as though I can back myself in my views and in my opinions. Do I get everything right? No, absolutely not. But I think a lot of people fuel themselves and, and motivate themselves with the criticism that they receive. And I get a lot of it online. And that criticism fuels me. It doesn't, make me not want to do this it makes me want to do it more and and that's the point and if you took that out of me I probably wouldn't do as much content as I do I probably wouldn't have been able to ditch a, a nine to five job and, and do something that I love so you you need to use that criticism as fuel and I think that Granite Xhaka going back to him is has really done that you know I, I think that you look at him now and and there's a guy there who has found a way of blocking out the noise and just gets on with it. 
And I think that's a really important trait to have. Um, moving on to another candidate, um, I'm going to go with Gabriel. Um, I think this guy has been the biggest star in that back line this season. Now, a lot of people will, will point to Ramsdale, to Tommy Asu, to White. Some people will talk about Tierney at various points and Tavares at others. I think that Gabriel has been so, so key and so, so important um, to this defence. I think he's the best defender that we have. I think he's the guy that um, gives us not just technical security, but physical security. He's pacey, he's quick across the ground. He's so good at reading the game. He's so fantastic at, um, you know, when he has to go into um, a physical battle, he'll go in a physical battle. He never shies away from it. He lets strikers know that he is not going to be a pushover. But again, like all of these candidates, there is a big drawback. And that drawback is that his English is very, very limited. And although it hasn't prevented him developing a pretty good partnership with, with Ben White, I wonder if giving the captaincy to someone who's struggling to communicate um, as, as clearly as he probably would need to as captain, I think that's a big problem. So that would be the reason for me um, why I'd be hesitant over Gabriel. But remember, I'm going to circle back and I'm going to give you who my choice would be um, in a bit. So uh, although I've got a drawback for every single one, I have to kind of weigh up which drawback I think is uh, is the biggest one and which one so I can kind of maybe let slide or at least accept. Um, the other player I wanted to just touch on quickly um, is uh, is Aaron Ramsdale. I think Aaron Ramsdale is somebody that people are very quickly falling in love with. He seems like he's got the character to be a captain. But again, as a guy who's just joined a big football club and is in a place where he's really thriving and he's enjoying the, the attention and the limelight, I'm wary of putting too much on his back. He's been performing admirably. He's been a great shot stopper. His distribution has been wonderful. You know, it's been a big part of why Arsenal have been able to score goals like the one they did yesterday um, against Southampton. So I think there's a lot um, on on Ramsdale's side for this. Obviously, um, understands what it means to be at Arsenal Football Club. I think he's grasped that really, really quickly. Understands the kind of English football culture. Um and, and seems to have the type of character that people would respond to. But again, as I keep saying, I'm worried about loading that kind of burden on someone so young and someone who is still relatively new to playing for a club like this. Now, another player that I did think about um, was, uh, was Martin Odegaard. And the reason I thought about Martin Odegaard is because he too has shown at times that he can bounce back when people are criticising him. He's shown that he can produce performances even when his back seems to be up against the wall. Um, he's a captain at international level, so he has some experience of leading a national team, etc., etc. But again, I come back to that point. You, you, you've got a player there who's finally starting to discover himself and find himself and get kind of going, is giving him the armband, putting a burden on him that he simply doesn't need. And that's why now that I've come full circle, although I think that the short termism of this is 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 not ideal, I think giving the captaincy to somebody like Alexander Lacazette is giving it to somebody who 
isn't going to feel burdened because he is experienced, because he is a bit of a leader anyway, because he already has that relationship with the players. And given that he isn't um, probably going to be at the club beyond this summer, if you burden him a little bit over the long term, you're allowing your other players to to be free. You're allowing your your, your tierneys to continue focusing on their game, in his case, staying fit. You're allowing your Odegaards to continue developing. You're allowing your Gabriels to get on with his job without having that extra worry and concern around him. And, and, and the same can be said of Saka, if you wanted to throw his name in the ring, of Emile Smith-Rowe, if you wanted to throw those names in the ring as well. So for me, I think the, the right option at this moment in time would be to give it to Alexander Lacazette until the end of the season. I would strip a Bamiyang of it tomorrow. In fact, that I'd done it yesterday. And I'd give it to Alexander Lacazette because of all that he brings to the team in terms of leadership qualities, because of the effort he plays with week in, week out, which rubs off on other people. I mean, that intensity with which we played in the first 20 minutes of the second half yesterday, you rarely see that with um, with um, with Aubameyang in the side. It's just different. And, and, and I know this is an odd choice and it's a bit left field because, as I said, there were reasons why every single one of these players I've mentioned probably shouldn't get it. But there needs to be someone, if if I'm so adamant on, uh, on him being given, on him being um, stripped of cap of the captaincy, or Bamiyang that is, if I'm so adamant that that has to happen, then I need to come up with a solution, right? And my solution is one whereby I'm allowing the young players, in particular the ones that have just joined the club, to continue developing, to continue contributing and to continue focusing on their game without the burden of the captaincy. I think in the past we've seen the burden of the captaincy get to certain players and I don't want that to happen. I think that there are natural leaders in this side, in the likes of Ramsdale, in Gabriel, um, in Odegaard, who whether they've got the armband on their arm or not, it doesn't really matter. They will still do what they do. They will still carry out their role the way that they want to carry it out. And I just think giving it to someone like Lacazette, and I know I've criticised Arsenal for kicking cans down the road in the past, but kicking this particular can down the road, when you have a clearer view of what your squad is going to look like, some of your, your signings have been at Arsenal for an entire season, I think gives us an opportunity to think about it and make the right call come the summer because in the past we've made wrong calls we gave it to Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang after Xhaka was stripped of it that was the wrong call and we've not been able to undo it ever since from fear of upsetting the player so if you give it to somebody who's new to the club or somebody who's relatively inexperienced or still developing and you think that um they're the guy at that point, and then a year later you decide they're not. Imagine the damage you do by stripping it off them. Giving it to Lacazette gives it to someone who won't be burdened by it because of who he is and what he's achieved already and what he's done and, and the point he's in at, he's at in his career. But also it gives you a bit more time to then make sure that you make the right call in the summer. Because as I say, the reason Aubameyang still has the armband is because Arteta was scared of ruffling feathers. And and I think a lot of managers would have been, a lot of managers would have said, well, if I strip this guy who's my best player of the captaincy, I'm making my life 10 times harder. So I think a lot of it is to do with that. So to prevent us from making the wrong call again, when it's not clear just yet how this team is going to develop, who we're going to be able to get in in the summer, I think 
it would be wrong to make a call now and rush it. So I would pop it to, um, I, I would uh, I, I would give it to Alexander Lacazette for the time being. I'd give it to Kieran Tierney maybe as vice-captain. I'd put Granit Xhaka in that leadership group as well. Arteta's picked him as captain before. He's not scared to do it. Um, and that's what I'd do at this moment in time. Kick it down the road. Take it off of Bamiang to show him that what he's doing is not on. Give it to Laka. Have Tierney backing him up. Even Rob Holding had the armband on yesterday for a bit. So, you know, you, you, you can pass it around for a little bit now. Um, but any of those five options, I wouldn't be dead against it. I just think that on the balance of everything, I think that Laka's the man to take on the mantle for now. Um, Tom says, I think Gabriel should get it long-term, but giving to Lacazette could mitigate some fallout from Aubameyang since they are besties. That's another really, really good point. Um, you know, do, do you see what I mean about the kind of, the mitigate, the mitigation is the right word of it. It's the mitigation of the damage or the fallout of taking it off of a player. Um, so yeah, I think that's, um, I think that's what I would do. And I appreciate that people will, um, We'll have different views on that. Uh, Inter says, Unai Emery got hammered for having five captains. I've not said that you should have five captains, mate. I've said that Lacazette should be the captain. And there will be times when other people wear the armband if he's not playing. And I've mentioned some of them. I'm not saying you should have five captains. That was absolute madness. And you should never put the captaincy to a fucking vote um, like Unai Emery did. But anyway. Uh, right. Let's... Uh, let's... Um, let's... Uh, wrap up uh, the show uh just want to quickly um bring you guys a message from our sponsors uh before we move on a big thank you to pro prep who are sponsoring the chronicles of aguna for the month of december pro prep is the perfect study tool for university students undertaking science technology engineering or maths related modules and it can half your study time ProPrep provides bite-sized videos relevant to the module or course, which can be accessed from any device at any time. It's already helped over 500,000 students to pass their exams. They provide customized STEM study tools that match your syllabus. Long lectures are condensed into short and clear video tutorials. And after the videos, you can go through what you've just learned with interactive exercises and practice questions. You can even submit questions to the ProPrep professors and receive video answers within 24 hours. ProPrep have created a special offer just for our listeners. All you need to do is go over to their website. The link is in the description. You can find more information there and you can sign up for a free 30-day trial. No credit card information required. That's ProPrep, the ultimate study tool. And we thank them for their kind sponsorship uh, of the podcast. Thank you, guys. Let's go back. Let's take a, let's take a couple of questions before um, before we um, we wrap up. Um, let's take this one from Jid. Harry, how though, after saying we made the wrong decision while trying not to ruffle feathers, are you suggesting we make a decision that will not ruffle feathers? I'm not saying that, that we shouldn't ruffle feathers here. Uh, that was the comment in the super chat. My, what I am saying to you is that I don't really know who should be the captain right now. I don't really know that Kieran Tierney should get it right now. I don't really know that Granit Xhaka could ever be accepted as the captain. I don't really know that Gabriel's communication isn't going to be a problem. I don't really know that Ramsdale's ready for it. I don't really know that Odegaard's ready for it. What I do know is that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, for me, should be stripped of the captaincy. And taking him out... He's put us in this position. If he's now stripped of the, of the captaincy, let's not pretend that this is... 
an outrageous decision from the manager or an outrageous decision from the club or an outrageous shout from anybody. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has put himself in this position where his captaincy is being questioned. And that's that's not ruffling feathers. That's what's necessary to ensure that the disciplinary standards at this football club are adhered to and are upheld by the very man who set them out. I think he looks weak if he doesn't. I think he looks spineless. If he doesn't, take further action on Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, given that this is the third, maybe fourth, if you believe the report's time, that he has broken uh, the disciplinary protocol. So I don't think it's ruffling feathers to take it off him. I'm not saying that... I. When I say that I'm not sure who we should give it to, what I am saying is that I'm not sure if we're going to hinder some of these younger players by giving it to them at the point where they're starting to develop and find their feet. Therefore, I would want to, if I were the manager, A, act on, on Aubameyang's problem, act on what he's done and punish him for it. But B, I'd want to protect myself against making a wrong decision that will put us in exactly this in the same position that we're in now, where we've had a captain for two, three seasons who isn't fit for purpose, who isn't the right man, but from fear of, as you say, ruffling feathers, we can't take it off him. So I would kick the can down the road and give it to Lacazette in the interim. Lacazette doesn't even know if he's going to be at the club. He's not going to get upset um, if it's given to someone else because he, he understands that his future is not um, is not set in stone. But equally, he's someone that if you did give it to him, I trust his professionalism to the point that he would just take it on and do a very good job of it. So that's that's where I'm at. You know, it's not about ruffling feathers for me. It's about making sure that we buy ourselves a bit of time to make sure that when we do make the call, it's the right call rather than rushing into one now because Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has pushed us up against the wall. Uh, let's see um, what else we've got. Uh, Snipe.genius says, Harry, do you think we will sell Oba in January? Um I think we'd like to, but I don't think there'll be uh, substantial offers of a, uh, on the table. I think clubs will be looking at him now and thinking, you know, I get why people are saying that we shouldn't have maybe had the dirty laundry. Maybe this damages our prospects of selling him. But I'd, I'd like to think that we could, but I don't see it somehow. Um, what else have we got? People talking about my my standards comment. Uh, what standards eighth place finishes are seen as progress. I'm not talking about standards in terms of football. I, I've said it very clearly. You, you must not be listening. I'm talking about the disciplinary standards. You know, there's there's a there's a code of conduct. You go to your workplace, there's a code of conduct. For example, you don't go into your workplace and take a shit on the table, do you? Like, it's <laughs> there are things that you don't do at work. You don't just not rock up. You don't just turn up late. You don't... Um, you, you don't just disrespect people in your way. That, and, and if you do, you will not last in your job and you will be pulled up on it and you will be punished. Why is it that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang can just do whatever he wants, go and get tattoos when the rest of the country are in lockdown, when we were all stuck at home, not going and visiting our families and had a Christmas without our nearest and dearest, which in some cases proved to be their last Christmases. And we missed that because we were respecting the need to protect people and what the rules were, you know, that, that that's us. And then you've got Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, what, because he's a footballer, goes and gets a tattoo done and doesn't care. 
goes ab- asks the club to let him go on broad, uh, abroad in the middle of the week when we got a game on Saturday, pleads that it's for personal reasons, gets given that dispensation and then takes the piss turning up late. Imagine you went on holiday, you booked holiday dates with your work and you came back a day later. Would you get away with that? Would you even dare try that? No, none of us would. And that's the point here. You know, th- this guy needs needs to be punished and and the punishment should be consistent to everybody and anybody doesn't matter if it's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang it doesn't matter if it's Edu you know you need to be consistent with that so yeah I'm I'm still getting I'm still finding it hard to get around get my head around why so many people feel the need to defend Aubameyang here this is not about in criticizing Aubameyang saying that you you think Mikel Arteta is a god it's it, it doesn't have to be one extreme or the other the point here is that Aubameyang has broken the rules. Aubameyang has let everybody down, including himself. I think he should be stripped um, of the captaincy now. And we're talking about who could potentially replace him. And I've shared my thoughts. I am going to leave it there. Um, those of you in the UK will have probably heard that Boris Johnson, at the time of recording, is about to give a bit of an announcement. That's the Prime Minister of England um, due to the the, uh, the COVID situation here. So quite curious to hear what nonsense he's going to come out with this time. Um, but yeah, we'll be back very, very soon with more. We'll be back with some more content tomorrow, uh, later on today, if you're listening via the audio platforms. So please do stay tuned. Uh, I can see... We've only got 38, uh, 88 sorry, likes on the board, but there are over 336 of you watching us now live on YouTube alone. So please do smash that like button if you haven't done so already. It really, really does help. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. We'd love to have you um, subscribed. If you want to become a member, you can do so by clicking on the link in the description as well. I'll be back very soon with more. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Goodbye. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.